Beats, Brews, and Points of View is a product of Dream Over Reality Media and brought to you and located currently at Arctic Circle Brewing Company. Points of View podcast. I'm your host Neil Richter, sitting with my partner in podcasting to my left, Eman Bates, the PIP. That is me, and we are at Arctic Circle Brewery for episode <laughs> one twenty-seven with a beautiful crowd in front of us. I one, must say, one twenty-seven with like a, a few asterisks. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of technical difficulties that happen oh in, in the Lord. time between the last ones and this one. So, yes. But we're here now. We're here, we now. here now. we potting. we live. We're healthy. We're good. We're good. And if you and like E-Man just said, and if you can hear it in the background, we are live at Arctic Circle Brewing Company, um, the gracious and lovely hosts that sponsor us and have us out to do a lot of cool stuff. Shout out to uh, Devin. Shout out to Eric. Both are Eric's, by the way. Yeah, shout out to our goddamn engineer, Eric. Yeah, he's man. Sitting, he's also sitting right here. Eric, in Eric we don't give you enough love. Yeah, Eric, <laughs> it's we're giving you love. It's in the yeah. control room, yeah. so it's easy to just, like, put him on But we're slide. looking at him, like, face-to-face, <laughs> and that doesn't happen that often. So I'm like, I haven't been this happy since you were on the mic a few, like, 20 episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, just if you guys a little bit of context to what we were just talking about is um, Arctic Circle had us out last week to do some trivia we did a music themed trivia night and it went really well for like for a couple of dudes that have never done that shit before it went, I, re- I left that shit on cloud nine. it went really, really well and then time became a factor and it got a real rush but at the same time yeah. we fucking killed it as I long gotta as we say. give ourselves enough time next time we'll come a little bit earlier knowing that they close at nine o'clock on like you know weekdays yeah so. that was yeah but we got it you know we, what we got it a lot a lot of people are gonna go home and google a lot of stuff or went home and like google a lot of stuff new fans of stuff I mean, it, we, we did our job. Let's put it that way. We absolutely did our job in trivia, and I'm happy about it, and I can't wait for next month. Next month, we're going to rock it out again at Arctic Circle. So I agree. And anyways, um, as we do on this show, that song that we just started the podcast out was a song called To the Floor by um, a band that we talk about on this podcast a lot, Bad, Bad, Not Good, out of fucking, uh, I think they're from Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Toronto, Canada. Should be um, called Good, Good, Not Bad. Bro, they're so fucking good, man. <laughs> mm. like, they're such a great... The thing that I love about them the most is like they really um, go into these other people's worlds. And like we're going to produce an album 
entirely with a certain artist, and that's kind of what they're doing on this new shit. I'm unfamiliar with the artist, and well, he's a producer, um, so yeah, definitely artist um, that they did this song with. But his name is Lil Silva, and he is an English record producer and DJ from Bedford, England, and um, they're doing a collaborative project together. And to me, it really sounds great because you have a little bit of that. Um, electronic dance music mixed with a bunch of dudes from Bad Band Not Good that are really talented at making like jazz and just great instrumentation so I'm excited to hear that track or hear that album I should say and you know beyond that we got a lot of stuff to get into tonight so coming up on the show tonight we got some beers from the Arctic Circle that we're at right now. Hey, man. Yeah. Sour try. Magazine Day. Oh my God. The lips are about to pucker. <laughs> the taste buds are going to get punched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Oh, yeah. So we got that coming up. We have, um, you know, beers to cheers, the ones that we lost, but also we have to celebrate more life. Um, we do got to start with the fuckery of what happened with last episode. It's going to be brief. We just want to tell you, you know, where we've been over the last month a little bit. Um, but after that, we're going to bounce back into a little bit of fun shit. We got some TV shows, some movies we've been seeing that we want to put y'all on to. Um, we also have to talk about some serious things in the music industry, but mostly happy, a little bit of closure, I guess, um, if you will. A jury has found someone guilty in the killing of one of hip-hop's most influential artists also a beloved music legend fainted on stage performing in our hometown here um and then lastly hopefully it wasn't some black magic (laughs) Mm. (laughs) that's funny um two of our biggest music music artists out right now announced new albums that we're excited about so we want to tell you about that and then finally, something old, something new. Um, but yeah, I guess let's get into it. So, you know, as we do, we like to start with the the sadder things in life. And, you know, we had to say goodbye to a few people. Um, but mostly it was in this RIP section. It, it's I guess it's not technically RIP. It's just a little bit of bad news. So, like, Shaka Zulu, who would be Ludacris's longtime manager and big-time music guy in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, was shot outside of a nightclub. But he was um, not critically injured, so he's healing up in the hospital. This is something we alluded to on the podcast last time, but, you know, we we got cut out. So uh, we wanted to make sure we touched on it. And then also, little TJ, you know, he didn't pass away either. Uh, He was shot out, I think, the same kind of situation, like hanging out at a spot. Which there's way too much of this going on. That dude is young, man, too, on very top young. of that. Very yeah. young. Very it's young. Uh, he got Very shot young and very familiar. Let's yep. put it that way. Um, but he's, they're saying that he's going to survive. There's, there's been mixed reports on, um, you know, the long, like what's going to be the next path Cause, for him. Yeah, because I heard, like, he was paralyzed at right, some point. And then they said, okay, he's going to be able to walk with, like, limited mobility, which makes sense, you know, after you've been shot. Right. What did he get? He got hit, what? How many times? I think it was like three or something Oof. like that. It was a lot. But I, I don't think it was any critically um, like important areas. I think it was like the legs area and stuff like that. So, 
Um, we just want to say that. I didn't have any actual desk that I had recorded down unless you did. I have one big one from my childhood that um, I would like to talk about. What was that? Uh, I want to talk a little bit R.I.P. to uh, Kazuki Takahashi, from oh, the, cre- yeah. the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh, if you guys aren't familiar with that. Yu-Gi-Oh was one of the biggest animes from my childhood, and probably the second, actually probably the biggest card game not named Pokemon, I would say, from that crossover from Japan to America. I love this show. I was obsessed with this show as a kid. I got, still got cards at my grandmother's house. Uh, yeah, this dude unknowingly was probably a big part of my childhood because I, I really was obsessed with Yu-Gi-Oh. Actually, one of those people, like, I really like this. Sh- I like Yu-Gi-Oh almost more than I like Pokemon just from the story part of it. And it said that he passed away July 6th. Yeah, July 6th he passed away. How old was he? Uh, he was pretty young, too, I believe, man. He was 60. 61, so what would that be? 60. Oh, yeah, 60. There you go. Crazy, man. Or, yeah, I guess he'd be turning 62 60. shortly. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy, man. Rest in peace. That That is a huge loss, too, and it's like, to um, the, even though, you know, I'm not To involved. nerd culture into, like, I mean, like I said, it was one of the three biggest. I mean, you had Pokemon, Digimon, and Yu-Gi-Oh. It was, like, the big three yeah. from, like, my childhood, I would say, and that's a, that's a big hit. I, I mean, just to think about the fact that he created Pokemon is kind of. Y- Yu-Gi-Oh. I thought you said Pokemon he, as well. I said no. He created Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, oh, oh. he created. So you were no, saying I'm saying Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh were the three biggest. I and I said you. Yu-Gi-Oh was the. I uh, got you. said he, that card game was the biggest thing. The crossover from Japan to America, not named Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, but yeah, beyond that, I don't think we have any other sad ones to talk about. Um, on the last episode, we obviously got into. Um, some of the Roe v. Wade talk and some of the more depressing things, but that episode was lost. So I'm just calling it up to it was lost. Yeah, I, I, I really <laughs> no. So our hearts, our hearts are in the right place, but that episode we, was lost. We don't really get we to stand opinion. we stand with women on this one. Yes, 100%. I, like I've always been open about you know whatever you know the female in that situation wants to do. We're just the men. I have no cho- I have no control yep. over it. I'm just here to be supportive. 100%. That's what. That's where I'm at. So, that's all I'm gonna say on that. Let's go into the next topic. One thousand percent. But anyways, you know, with death comes more life, and we do gotta celebrate some birthdays. And it's kind of funny to me because like some of these Wu Tang guys are all like closely related. So I started out with Bobby Digital, the Abbott, the RZA, the insp- the the main ingredient when it comes to Wu Tang Clan, the, the RZA. The RZA. <laughs> um, he had a birthday last week. Courtney Love, whether you Hull. love her or, or, or don't love her, I, I I still think that she made a lot of dope music in the 90s. No, Hole was, was a, a shit. crazy like, ass person, but man, she made some cool yeah. ass music. So, yeah. I yeah. Um, one of our hometown heroes and a dude that I've been lucky enough to meet in life, Jack White. The, the second White dopest white not named Walter <laughs> out here. <laughs> Straight up. And then another uh, Wu-Tang member, I almost said it in the last one because I wanted to go through the whole thing, but, like, Inspected Deck also has a birthday one day away from the RZA, which is crazy to me. And they are one year apart in life as well. So shout-out to the Wu-Tang Clan. Huey Lewis, you know, mostly know him from the Back to the Future theme song, I guess, or anything from the 80s. He had a shitload of songs in the 80s. 
<laughs> um, as we continue going down the list, though, uh, who else do we got here? Bizarre. We got Bizarre, another Detroit hey. Detroiter and hometown hero who has a new album out. You should go he check it out. He got a gun. Shout out to Foulmouth, by the way, too, on the and production. And shout out to Isaac Castor, yeah. our boy Isaac that was on the show. He's on Bizarre's album. So that is dope. He's actually on Bizarre's label, too. So that is pretty cool. Um, and we're going to end it with that because we got too much other shit to go with. And there's a lot of birthdays. So Bizarre, shout out, Bretta. Yeah. Okay. Moving along. So now we got to get to um, this beer section that we got. We have a nice flight of beer. We got that a healthy selection of beers over Eric here. That we got to get on the show here for a second. So we're going to have a quick pause while we get Eric over into this seat. And we'll be right back to join you in about two minutes. You want to play some music in the meantime? I would definitely do that. Let's do that. Well, we got queued up. Didn't uh, somebody drop an album locally? Locally? Uh, what about Spliff? I think he dropped oh, one I'm, recently. I'm about to be, we're definitely going to, we have to break down Brad Spliff's album, but I definitely want to get to um, both him. We want to talk about John Connor's release. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of new stuff that we need to get to. Flint stand up. But in the meantime... Since I don't want to talk about it on this episode because it just came out today, I want to give it some time to marinate, but I will you play you a track of what I really enjoyed today. Brand new Lloyd Banks coming at you. Here's value of a check. Scratches on your bum ass face. You tripping? Warn you, see you ain't have to make the mistakes. Ain't listen. Lately, been lower, hard to get in contact. New vision, bigging you up like you was holding me down. You didn't. Sometimes subtraction is the best addition when divisions multiply and so does all the skepticism. If I don't respect the judges, you can keep your recognition. You ain't as good as you think. I'm giving ego checking wisdom. Anybody can be touched. I feel that position for 20. Been cooking up. I push the beamer out the kitchen. Everybody pleading cops. I need more opposition. Honor my religion. Magic out of composition, nigga. My flow is Rico. Say everything is Valentino. FK to Heathrow. To move 100,000 free throw. I found the cheat code. To spread my luck around casinos. I gave the game. Dead silence, niggas wildin' for a rep. Ain't no homage, fuck your time on the set. Hear the sirens, no rewind, no regrets. What's worse? Going with money or live with the stress. Accomplishments be recognized with your death. Who got the hate? No surprise, take a yes. That be right, switching sides with the left. Uh, this type delivery, a pop-up every other blue moon You put your words together perfectly, but ain't no truth to them You wanna be placed with the legends in the game is too soon They have a problem being by myself, a gate a coupe room Bitch turn the TV on a single line, sucker cracking concrete Stepping feet in the DB wine, color Mary Mary Alright, we back So we have flights of beer that need to be explained to us We also have Eric the co-owner of this beautiful establishment that we're sitting man, in right happy now. happy to have you on, man. Yeah, I know, <laughs> we finally got you on the mic. I know, the last time I was I was working, uh, you know, the uh, Chesterfield Township board people were here talking, and then, yeah, all of a sudden you guys were wrapped up. So I was like, all right, well, I'll get on the next one. Dude, yeah, it's but- crazy, man. First of all, I want to congratulate you guys on a year of yeah. being open. Like, that is... For people that don't know how it is That's to a start thing, a restaurant, man. a brewery, anything of that nature, 
it is not easy and it takes tons of being here one right? thing like, i do love too always that always living here that yeah. you guys run a five barrel system as well so people like, have to come into the tap room to get this and that's kind of dope actually but the tap room is huge so it works out yes so i mean like i i really love what you guys are doing i'm happy to be you know i'm happy to be in a position i am to work with you guys on stuff like this too i know neil is as well i know eric is as well so yeah man thank you so. yeah no i mean uh what a crazy year it was i mean obviously you know, somebody was in here just a week ago, and they were like, well, was it fast or was it slow? And I was like, both. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really have a good answer for it. It's yeah. like it was it was fast in the way that you're like, wow, it's already been a year. But like you said, like the amount of hours, the amount of time you spend here, um, you know, and especially like I know Devin even more so, you hear Bruin like being alone. Like when you're in here by yourself, it's like it's a weird feeling. You yeah, know? Yeah. You're just like I like people being in here because then it's not just you sitting here and you know, I know he's jamming out or whatever, and yeah. I'm doing the same thing. But right. yeah, when you're when you're here and the tap room's full and it's bumping, it's it's a cool thing to see. So it I never really I, I never asked you this. So what got you like the in the idea of making this brewery, man? Well, I think a lot of it goes back. I mean, Devin and I talked about brewing beer for years before we actually started it. So I mean, it was like probably two three years. We we're like, yeah, we should we should brew beer. We should brew beer. And then finally one day we were like, yeah, let's just go to the store, buy all the stuff and just do it because if we don't, we're just gonna keep talking about it and mm -hmm. never actually do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, even going back to college, like I was always you know, in that mindset of like, oh, I wanna be an entrepreneur, I wanna start my own business, but like, what do I wanna do? So even like my brother now who's 15, he's like, yeah, I wanna be an entrepreneur. And I said, I said the same thing, but until you know what you actually want to do, it's just you, it's just a thing that you're saying. Everybody do. has ideas. Not yeah. a lot of people have executions yeah. at oh the end of the day. God, so yeah, bro, I like mean, yeah, that comes like starting this, po starting this <laughs> podcast, for instance. Like, yeah. like the first thing I ever executed as like a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the whole thing. So yeah, I mean, you know, then once we started brewing beer, it was like, yeah, I mean, we've been drinking beer for years. We love craft beer and. Um, the idea of, you know, starting and running my own business was something that I wanted to do. And obviously, you know, having Devin as a friend for a long time, it was something that just made sense. Yeah. yeah. That's what's up, man. You know, what's really impressive about it, too, is, you know, and we've only, this is only our third time out at the spot, but every single time we've been here, it's fucking packed. Yeah. Packed. Yeah. <laughs> every single time. Like, I, I took a little crowd shot for the Instagram earlier, and I'm like, man, this is massive. I love the fact that you guys have a huge tap room. It is, you know, and it was funny because, like, we were even talking about having the tap room even bigger in, like, our initial thoughts and plans. And then I was like, you know, Devin, I think you're going to want the extra room in the back. <laughs> make we make that in a five-year plan? Yeah, because we were, you know, <laughs> yeah. we were like, well, I mean, you know, having a big tap room was something that we always wanted. And obviously having as much space as we do, it makes sense. And, yeah, it's nice because then, you, like you said, it's something where you can only get the beer here. So we want you to come in and try it. And we have the ability to serve you. You're not going to be waiting for an hour to get a table that's what's up man yeah yeah i really like that and speaking of the beer that we can try here let's get into it man explain to us what you uh got over sour here magazine day yeah, what sour we got magazine day so yeah we got um a lovely little uh array of reds obviously um so something sour we've got volume two volume three volume four and volume five that's for the camera uh, folks over there and then uh <laughs> Uh, Shawnee Cakes was hanging out somewhere back there. I got it right here. You got that one. Okay. Yeah, so Bam. a lot of those were birthed. I mean, Something Sour has been this idea that we've done since we homebrewed. So every new recipe is a new volume, and then every batch after that is how many times he brews the beer. 
So with something sour volume two, that was something that we actually had as a beta test a few, uh, probably about a month ago. And it went in like the fastest that we've ever had it. I mean, it was just over one day of having it on and it was gone. So, you know, he knew he was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta bring that one back. Um, and yeah, so basically that's the idea. So volume three, four, and five are all new um, this time. And just something that, you know, a little play off of different flavors and just trying to see what we can do. We'll All right. Well, it. which one should we? Which one do you think we should start off with to try out here on the pod? Uh, I mean, we go Shawnee Cakes. We got it Let's right do there. The Shawnee I mean, Cakes. All right. um, so tell yeah. us a little bit about what Shawnee Cakes is all about. So for Shawnee Cakes, we've got the uh, the maple, vanilla, and I'm gonna blank on this. So I'm gonna pull it up so that I don't. Uh, <laughs> just something. Have it something I noticed just by passing it over my shoulder is it. You can smell like a smokiness to it almost. Yeah, triple blackberry uh, maple Ooh. banana. Okay. Okay. So that's the Shawnee cakes. And, uh, yeah, that one is a completely new recipe, something he's never done before. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then as we kind of go through the other ones, so we've got, obviously, so the volume two that we've done the second time. So that one is strawberries and or golden Oreos. Okay, that's what I got in my, yeah. uh, okay, my, my yeah, zipper right here, too. I had that one already. That's good. Yeah, that one's a good one. <laughs> that was solid. Um, that's delicious. And then uh, so we've got volume three. So that one is the – oh, vol yeah, volume – was he got these messed up here. So uh, volume three, he's got the uh, triple blueberry and peanut butter. Oh my God, that sounds delicious. Okay. And with the four, he's got the uh, the rock and rye, the cherry vanilla. That one was really of the three smaller batches that we did. That one was by far my favorite. Um, and then the last one's raspberry and cheesecake. Okay. Oh man, that last one I'm excited for. By the way, just really completely random, but still not a quite off topic. I didn't notice until just now that your guys' pink, like, whole penguin was, like, the mascot of the brewery. I mean, it makes sense for Arctic Circle. Yeah. Like, I, I, I noticed that in a video earlier. I'm like, whoa. So, the, yeah, the penguin was an interesting one because that's, like, a little bit of a cross. Like, it's obviously Arctic Circle, but then, you know, Sour Magazine Day going to Billy Madison and Nudie Magazine Day. And obviously <laughs> Is that where there. it comes from? Yeah, that's where it comes oh, from. shit. I didn't even yeah. realize that till just now. I, that's why I texted it the last, when, we, yeah. when, the, oh. when you said that. I was like, Nudie Magazine Day, Nudie. Oh, that exactly. makes so much more sense now. Yeah. So in, in our, our bar manager, Sean, I mean, that's been his big, like, talking about that. Like, both him and I, big Adam Sandler fans. Right. So as soon as he was, like, you know, it's joking, like, Nudie Magazine Day, and Devin's like, yeah, I'll just do Sour Magazine Day. Do a whole day. <laughs> that's why you're at the pool, too. Oh, my God. I and that was the pool. Oh, uh, yeah, now it makes – it's all coming together. Rest in peace, Norm McDonald, by the yeah, way. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. All right, um, so let's taste one of these guys up. All right, so I'm going to try out this bad boy. All this right. be the, 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 try, the Shawnee something? That's the Shawnee cake. I'm going to try Shawnee version case. three here, which was? Version three is our, that's the blueberry and peanut butter. Blueberry and peanut butter? Yeah. It's so weird because it has, like, such a different smell than to how than it actually tastes. tastes. Yeah. It's bizarre, but I like it. It's like a... Like a it's like a breakfast feel to it. Yeah, I mean, you probably get that from that maple in there. You know, it's uh, the maple, the banana. It's like, yeah, it's almost like oatmeal. It all kind of hits thing, you at you different know? times too when you're tasting it. It's kind of weird. Yeah, that's the the layers of flavor. Like that's the big thing that Devin tries to do it? with his beers. Is kind of have it hit you at different points as yeah. you're drinking it, which is super unique. I mean, that's. You know, one of the big characteristics that's nice of craft beer is like if you can get something that hits you differently, 
each you know, time. Front and back, yes. Yeah, like awesome. a really good example to that for me would be like uh, Saga Tuck's Neapolitan Stout. Yes. That's a really good example yeah. of that because it, it hits you with the strawberry, then the chocolate, and then finishes vanilla the normally. Chocolate. So I'm like, it's exactly. one of those. I don't know how they segmented each flavor That's what out. I, mean. I don't get it. It's one of those weird mysteries to me. Like, in yeah. the only, yeah. <laughs> well, let's switch them up here. You try this one. I'm going to pour a little in my All glass. Right. Got an empty glass over here. All right. Let me see. Let me try the one that you got. Cool. Which one is this one again? So that one is the volume three. So that's volume the blueberry three. and the peanut butter. Oh, that's what I want to try. Yeah. So I like, oh, so the blueberry and peanut butter, just my take on it. The the peanut butter is very subtle on it. I just want to throw it out there. It's like. So that's uh that's been Devin's big thing. So if you try what we have on right now, the layman's brown. So that one is the one where he went, he was like. You guys are not going to ask for more peanut butter on this one. Because yeah. <laughs> that's the biggest, like, with any beer we've done with peanut butter, especially because people who want beer with peanut butter in it, they want it to, they want it right. to hit them in the face. Yeah. And so when they get that and they're like, oh, I could use more peanut butter. It's like, that's the comment I get every time. <laughs> it's yeah. like a peanut butter and jam, but the peanut butter is, like, real subtle. Yeah. And I just, I just imagine Devin, like, cleaning the fermenter after that, <laughs> like, after the adjuncts yeah. doing that. Yeah. And it's probably sucked so hard for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, actually, yeah. to, if I'm being honest, and, like, I get that maybe people want to know, like, the exact taste of, like, a PB&J. Because we've had a couple of PB&J, like, years or whatever. Like Traffic Jam. Not Traffic Jam. What's the uh, what's the one that's, like, who makes – I forgot uh, who makes it. But, yeah. I mean, the big one, like, Elk does the pb and Jelly. Yeah, pb and Jelly. Yeah. yeah, we've had that. So we yeah. did that. But, like, I think my gripe with that is it was almost like um, – and I get the taste was on point, but like, yeah. as far as drinking something, I don't want something that's super filling. Like a, like I don't feel I don't, don't want to drink a like glass a of peanut butter. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, so you want to be able to have. I, I like that. That's on the the subtle side of this one. So yeah. I I appreciate that, and it definitely does not taste like their beverage either. So. No, it's not. Yep. So that's good. But yeah, to your point. I'm one of those peanut butter people that like peanut butter. I do too. I <laughs> yeah. love peanut butter, which is yeah, which is why the beer yeah. that we have on the Layman's Brown is nope. salted I'm caramel peanut butter. Like that was my and American Brown. It's probably my favorite style. I dig in it. In terms of liking yeah. it, so okay. I was like, yeah, that's the beer I want you to do. And when I you know tried, I was like, yeah, that you hit it. So Absolutely. What's, yeah. what's the next one here? We got the Rock and Rye Fago one. Yeah. Oh, so the yeah. four is the Rock and Rye Fago, okay. and then the five. Is the uh, that's that last? I got one. the raspberry, raspberry cheesecake. cheesecake. All right. Let me try a little of this bad boy. Mmm. <laughs> that definitely tastes like Rock and Rye Fago. That definitely yeah. tastes like. So it reminds me almost like a cherry coke, like almost yeah. in a way. No, that's why I probably liked it. <laughs> I mean, it's really good, man. Yeah. It's like Dev. I'm, I'm Devin. Come here real quick. So you are brewing with some of the hardest adjuncts to brew with, by the way. I just want to throw I just want to throw it out there. You got cherry in one. I saw strawberry with another. The peanut butter one is real subtle, but I like it. Like, dude, this is and I I just imagine you cleaning the fermenter after that, by the way. It's probably hilarious. The <laughs> hardest one by far to clean afterwards was the Oreo one. Like it logged at the bottom of the uh, racking arm and it was uh, excreting at the end of the cleaning <laughs> session, let's call it. <laughs> Dude, this Fago one, you really got the fucking taste yeah. of the rock and ride now. That yeah. is crazy. I don't even understand. Like, how do you do this, Devin? <laughs> Trial and error, baby. I must say, this man is a, a beer alchemist. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Yeah, man, I dig it. 
Oh, I really like the Rock and Roll right. one. I fuck with that a lot. I'm really excited for the last one, man. There's raspberry cheesecake. Yeah, it's, I mean, I liked it. You definitely get the, um, that, like, creaminess that you want with the cheesecake. Like the aroma, it. dude, is already there. Yeah, it's super good. This is the Rock and Rye. I can't remember what this one is. I can't remember what this one is. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> I mean, we could taste them in a sec. Yeah, especially with the, uh, the colors being all the same. Ooh. Pour a little into this cup here. Gave me that Elon Musk face on that one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, man, that that guy looks like Doctor Evil to me. <laughs> All right, so it was a lot more subtle than I thought it was gonna be. However, it's really refreshing, really yeah. good. It's not too much on the sour, actually. Yeah. As well, super crushable, super like light body. Like, I I really enjoy it. Yeah, and something like you just hit on it there. I mean, a lot of people that come in, you know, they'll try like if they're more hardcore like sour fans and that's what they want you know the stuff that we usually i want my throat hole to pucker exactly (laughs) that's like we go for the more approachable okay and people come here all the time they're like i just i want it to be more sour we're like i know like eventually you know we got more taps we have when we have more availability to do it we'll definitely do that it's just been something that you know especially for non-beer drinkers in this area we find that like People are kind of either, you know, they like the light beers or if they do like something, they'll drink one of our sours because it's more fruit tart than it is pucker sour, like you said. I was just going to say, so I used to I used to think sours were like repulsive when I first tried one. Right. Yeah. And then I got used to it after a time and then I started to really like it. So, like, I was going to say this is my favorite of the group. Like, I like this one. The best cheesecake one is crazy. I love it. I think, it's to be honest tart, with you, I love that about. I really like the st- I like the strawberry and golden Oreos. Oh a yeah, lot. I, mean, I love that, was, that one. Yeah. That one yeah, is delicious too. I, did, I, I love that. that one before yeah. the podcast. I had a feeling Devin knew me, and that's why I got a pint of it ahead of time. <laughs> right but away, I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, you're gonna like this one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh man, well that's great. Well, I appreciate you coming on. We won't absolutely. hold up too much of your time because we got you know you got a packed ass tap room and oh, a lot of things to get to. Yeah, man, absolutely. Like, love it. Glad you're here. Glad we actually got you on the mic finally. Yeah, absolutely. Man. I love the uh, ACBC right there. Like I don't know, I they can it. see it. I love that they everything the, uh, is themed in subtle ways. It's like, it makes me laugh. And a, it makes a, the, the ACDC bit of the layering. Theme. I mean, obviously, for how long it took us to build out this tap room, you know, with COVID and everything going on, we kind of took the time to do like the little things. Yeah, just I dig it. Like just, just for example, I love the De La Soul picture that you guys yeah. took. Like that shit is amazing. Like it's great. Yeah, it's just <laughs> something fun. And like we said, I mean, you know, doing these beta tests every week, it kind of gives us that fun ability to do stuff like that yeah. where you can kind of link it in and the way that Devin has, you know, looped in hip hop and culture within the it's beer the names and all of that. Um, yeah, it just helps to give us that identity that we want to go for. I agree, I man. It, man. It makes it a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, I don't think. Yeah, anything else? No, I don't. Anything uh, else you want to say? Anything you want to plug? Anything I want to plug? I mean, what, well, what, when are you guys coming back again for some more music trivia? I mean, that's so next month, man. Thing, right? Next month, yeah, man. It really went I mean, well. I mean, you should have been here thing. for that, by the way, man. Yeah, I know. I was, uh, I was out of town at an event, so I was like, I wanted to be there, and I'm like, man, I got to get get to this next one. It was one, fun. So, we had yeah. a great time. Yeah, it was fun. Great. Shout out to the crowd. They loved us and hated us and loved us again. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely uh, all we heard was good things. So, yeah, definitely got to get you. Oh, yeah. I'm glad to hear that, man. That's great. Yeah. Well, anyways, thanks for coming on. We will be back for you guys in a second. Um, In the meantime, I'm going to play you guys a little bit of this brand new song out of Danger Mouse, Black Thought, and Michael Kiwanaka 
And in uh, the meantime, I'm going to sip on the strawberry and Gordon Oreos. <laughs> Cheers, Look, guys. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah. So yeah, as you just heard, that was Eric from Arctic Circle Brewing on the podcast. It was very nice to finally speak to him because, you know, we we had brief conversations with him before, but never like an in-depth one. So that was tight. I must um, say, you know, it's kind of nice to hear from uh, the people that promote us. It's kind of nice. I got to drink yeah. the rest of this one, though. Man. This fucking cheesecake shit. Oh, my Lord. It's delish. Um, but anyways, yeah. So we got to get into a couple more topics that we wanted to cover. Um, let's see here. What do we want? I guess we can start with the ones that are kind of like smaller things um, that aren't very long. We do have to announce it, even though. So, Eman and I, we've we've been pretty vocal on this podcast that we're not like the stan level of Beyonce fans that a lot of the music world is. I think I acknowledge that Beyonce is talented. I acknowledge what her cultural influence is. One hundred percent. I'm not bumping Beyonce on the reg. I'm sorry. Me neither. I I, agree. I'm sorry. I I'm sorry, Beehive. Please don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> they will. But no. no, I agree. But I, I did want to announce because it's been a long time and like Bay and Jay, Bay. <laughs> if you will, <laughs> are pretty Bay much hip hop and R&B royalty. Pretty and much. I would say they are. They are. <laughs> and, um, so Beyonce announced that she has a new album coming out. It's called Renaissance, and it's going to be coming out on July 29th. So it's not too far away. Um, you know, we talked Everybody about Everybody move back your release dates. <laughs> For real. We talked about it briefly on the last podcast, um, and I do want to mention it because we are Detroiters. 
house music has never gone away here in Detroit. Um, it's always been the working uh, part of most of Detroit parties, which would be house and techno music. It's been always a theme here. You know, Danny Brown's been doing that shit for a minute. Vince Staples put out Big Fish Theory a few years back where he came to Detroit and got them producers and did it right. Beyonce now has that new single where she's using house producers. And where I am happy that she is doing this and giving a shining a light on it in a popular world that Beyonce can possess, I just want to also note that it's been a thing here in this city. I'm going to say it. And a lot of people were talking about like when Drake dropped the Honestly Nevermind, for instance, that he didn't reach out. There's no Detroit producers on that thing. On that thing, on that album, Jesus. Yeah, uh, there was no like, it wasn't in the in the home. Like you can tell, it wasn't from the hub of dance music, which is Detroit. And I feel like you. I mean, I don't know. Is Beyonce like? Do we have any production credits? Is there anything like released on it yet? Um, I know that Beyonce, like the 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 majority of like what's popular behind that song was the sample, which um, was like a '90s house sample, which made sense to me that she was doing it but the, the thing with hers so as I listen to the Beyonce record more I actually enjoy it my, my problem wasn't with the sound of it and it's also goes into the Drake thing my problem with Drake is not that a lot of people are mad that Drake didn't give us a rappy rap album because a lot of people want that rappy rap album out of Drake album because he's always done like the, the mixed bag of stuff you know you got the R&B swag and also the hip-hop swag but my problem with drake's new album isn't the fact that he decided to make a dance album i actually applaud that that is something that i'm like really um a big fan of that artists do then what's your problem my problem is the quality of the music there we go and i agree i 100 percent agree like i feel like the production wasn't that great nope I feel like the content. Here's the thing. I'll, Sticky, I love Sticky. That was like one of my, that's probably my Sticky standout track. And the twenty, yeah, Jimmy Cooks, yep. which I love. That's a play on Jimmy Brooks, which is the character in yeah, Degrassi. Yeah. I love that too. Yep. Uh, my thing is, yeah, definitely the production on it. And you, this is going back to when I was saying about Detroit producers, and just like going back to the hub of dance music. If you're gonna make a dance album, do it right. Yeah, you do actually right. do the research. Do it right. Not saying you know, I don't. I'm not in Drake's camp. So I obviously I can't say that he didn't do the research. It's just that I feel like that should have been executed better. Yeah, I agree. And and, and mostly and it's and, and I agree with you. I don't really love the production of it. It's done by Black Coffee, the South African producer, who you know he's had a great career. And Carnage too, I think, was in it too. Not, but he's also not what's. Yeah, you're right. Car- I'm sorry. Uh, but the thing is, like, he's not exactly what's popping now you know he's uh he's you know almost 50 years old black coffee i believe and you know it's not necessarily what that house sound is now and my other thing my biggest gripe is not even black coffee it's drake to me that album to me sounds like drake came to the studio there was a bunch of beats made and he was like ah these are tight and then started demoing over it, like just kind of. It sounded like, sound like it was phoned in. It sounded like it was phoned in. It sounded like he started like just you know kind of freestyling, like building a track, and then it was just like you know what, fuck it, I, that's good. Let's just 
Let's leave that. It, it, I, I agree. I can, I can say that. And, and this is the thing. Like, I don't. Yeah, going back to your point, I'm not hating on the album. It's entirely. It's just that, like, it. I feel like it just could have been done better. Totally. I like the. I like the idea of it. I just didn't like the execution. And, and that's just me and, as, and a, as a fan, like, actually. But and yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm just a giant hater because if this was someone like um, a, an undiscovered artist that was doing this. I would give it a little bit more credit because he doesn't have the resources that a Drake Drake's one has. of the biggest artists in the world. He is the biggest artist. All right, so in the we world. said this on the so last has, episode. Like he has limitless money. He has limitless reach on who he could get to produce him and work on the album. So like if you are literally pop artists, biggest artist in the world, I expect a higher quality product. And we said this on the last episode, going back to uh, Denzel Curry's comment, actually. Shout out Denzel Curry. By the way, Mel My Eyes and See Your Future is an amazing album. But he were talking about, and I'm reading this article off Complex, was he was saying that all these artists, and I'm going to paraphrase it here, was he uh, said all these artists have all this access to like some of the great, not just producers, not just hip-hop producers, musicians, that some of the access to the greatest musicians in the world and still putting out like subpar or mid albums. Yep. And it's just like I I don't get the idea of it. I mean, I get it from an aspect of like, okay, you you know, you're so busy like doing whatever you're doing, stuff like that. Like we were talking about I think he was talking about Kanye and this as well, like clothing lines and everything like that. But at the same time, what got you here is the music, dog. You still have a core fan I mean you still have that core fan base that's gonna listen to whatever you put out. Like I'm, I'm not. I'm just keeping a buck. And Drake comes on my title, or Kanye comes on my title, or any of these artists we're talking about, like the, you know, the big, huge, yeah, yeah. over the top artists. I'm probably gonna press play to see what it's yeah, about. For sure, of Absolutely course, of gonna course, press you're, play. Because I'm a, because I'm a fan. I am at the end of the 100%. day. I'm a, I'm not just a fan of the artist. I'm a music fan. I always want to see what the popular thing is, so I can kind of like, all right, this is cool, or this is not for me. Respectful, well, right? Th- but then, like, this to me was just like, it got phoned in. Yep. But, and there's like, to also bring that back into context for big name artists. So, this is something that I didn't even plan on talking about this, really, but I, I listened to it today. Lizzo was on Ebro in the Morning for the third time today because she had a new album coming out today. She did. Shout out to Lizzo, by the way. I haven't heard it yet, so I will talk about it on our next yeah, episode. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't touched I, it, but I, I will. Wanna, like, Lizzo is one of those artists I want to sit with it and like enjoy it for a minute. So shout out to Lizzo. But she got some big shoes to fill, by the way, after that, because I love but you. Like, but yeah, some, something that she said on the podcast resonated with me. They were like, so, you know, you're you've been at it for a long time, but now you're getting all this fame because like, Lizzo started in like damn near 2010. Like she's been at it for a long time, but now she's blowing up. So people think it's like an overnight success thing, but it's not. And they asked her basically. So now that you're a big deal, does it make it harder for you to make music that you care about because it's easy, like things are more accessible and you don't have to try as hard? And basically her response was, no, because I really fucking love making music. Like it's for me, it was not a money gain thing. It was, I'm doing this because this is what I love to do. The thing about that and going to your point with Lizzo, I'll counter that with like, yeah, to your point, Lizzo hasn't been around that long. And I'm a Lizzo, and by the way, I'm a total Lizzo fan. I just want to throw that out there. 
she didn't I don't think she had like that big of like a backing like when Cause I Love You came out. I think she had an album before that. So when we talk about like she had say like several before that. Did she? Several. So that was just the one that took her over, right? Okay, got it. Never mind. So I'm just like what I was gonna say was that it you didn't have that many eyes on you to that point to wake so we were saying like, when you have those when, you, when you're in that spotlight, you know, does it get harder for it? If you love doing it, you love doing it. But then we talk about, like, say, like, a Drake or a Kanye to what Denzel Curry's point was saying. These guys have had eyes on them since, like, the damn near start of their career almost. Oh, yeah. So it's just, like, how much do you have left in the tank to keep making quality albums? Especially when you're fucking filthy rich. <laughs> like, Drake is... Filthy rich, like his, no generations of Grams will ever have to work. <laughs> like there's not an Aubrey Graham descendant that's ever gonna. Have to I work. mean, there's artists that we love that make consistent, like Currency, for instance, another one that makes consistent albums. Mind you, not super fucking star not level. Or another one like that would be like Tech Nine's another one like that too that makes albums like all the fucking time, but like has that core following. These guys that have like the superstar thing, how much more like because it's a play, it's a game of like making the music. You got to figure out if you want to make the music you want to hear, or you're trying to feed the beast in a way. And the beast is your fan base. I agree. In a way. But anyways, we got to move on. We only have a few minutes left, and we got to. Uh, we're probably gonna get through some of these news segments, and then we might have to. Or no, 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 actually, we have, we have, we have enough time to do it. So, um, speaking of the new album album deliveries, I did want to just mention this. I don't know much about it yet, but I read it today before we got here. And the game, who said you know Born Sinner was gonna be his last album, Born to Rap. Born to Rap, I'm sorry. What was Born to Rap? That's J. Cole. <laughs> yeah, Born to Rap was going to be his last album. The game announced that he has a brand new album on the way. That's going to be... Rappers never retire. What the fuck are we talking about? They always do it's, this. On how top of that, how did you believe Game, of all people, yeah, saying that? <laughs> Come on now. Game, game is like the biggest, like... Liar. <laughs> he he, he, Fabricator, he fabricates <laughs> a lot. He fabricates with the best of them. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> But no, he announced a brand new album coming out. It's called Drillmatic, um, which I think is going to be a little bit of a nod to Nas, obviously. You think? Drillmatic and Stillmatic. <laughs> but also, I feel like it's going to be like, so I feel like what the, his concept is going to be is like a, a drill take on 90s boom bap. That actually sounds kind of ill. And if anybody was to do it, it, I'm happy it's game. Yeah, me too. And the, the most exciting part about it is that it's co-executively produced by not only Hit Boy, but Kanye West. Oh, shit. So that is going to be fucking... I mean, he had he did say that Kanye did more for his career than Dr. Dre did. Him and Kanye have always been close. I thought about... They've always fucked with each other. I thought about that comment, right? And then I was thinking about, like, there was, a, there was a big time where, where Game was blackballed for a long time. Oh, big time. Yeah. So it makes sense that, like, he put him on, what was it, Crack Music on the Kanye album? Crack music, and then there was the what was the one the um, you can get you can you get you wouldn't get far with them rap stars. But that was on Game's album, right? Uh, yeah, I wrote this song for you. What and was the one? Doctor's the, Advocate, right? Was, was that was that album? Yeah. yeah. That was a smash, by the way. That was a smash. That was a big hit. 
But shout out to Game. As much as I think he's annoying as fuck as a person, <laughs> I also really, really love his music. Like, really. Like, Game has been one of those guys to me that, like, really showed up to the to, to play. Like, he, he's been on record saying he was a gangbanger up until he got shot and did not really give a fuck about actually making music until after he got shot up and he was laid up and it was like, I had all this time to think about things. And all he did was study the greats. He's like, all I did was study Ice Cube, Easy, Dre, like all these West Coast legends, DJ Quick, all these guys. And that's how I got my bars up when I was laid out, you know, shot up. So, and he did it well. He did it really fucking well. So shout out to the game. Wanted to shout you. Um, I think that's all. Oh, there was one more before we get into something old, something new. Um, something that like it's kind of like a bittersweet thing it's kind of exactly the, like so we talked about R. Kelly on the episode that got lost right uh, just to mention it we wanted to say you know that we were happy that the women got their day in court to be able to tell him what um, happened to them fucked their lives up forever and so I'm glad that they got that but I also told E-Man that I, there was nothing about the verdict that made me feel happy. Like, because to me, that's not like a, it's not a win. Like, to me, it's just a representation of this terrible cycle that we have where hurt people hurt other people. We talked about that with Kendrick's Heartport 4. It's a big theme in his whole last album. Um, and that's a product of what Robert Kelly is as a person, right? Like, he was raped and molested by a stepfather when he was a kid, both him and his brother. And that there's so many statistics out there to tell you that that is a repetitive cycle, you know? He's not, so you do have a point in saying hurt people hurt people because trauma, I mean, it's almost like you're passing down, tra you're passing down trauma, essentially, right? So there's a part of, there's a, there's a certain empathy almost there, but at the same time it's like, People have been coming for R. Kelly for twenty fucking years. Oh yeah, I mean he deserves like people Absolutely. like people. To people be have been like not only forever. have people been coming. It's been public knowledge that this has been a thing. Chappelle shows come for him. Boondocks oh, have come for him. Everywhere. South Park has come for him. Like even mass media, like, like it's just insane that this has been a thing and it he just got caught. So part of me is like, yeah, I empathize with what you're saying. The other part of me is like, fuck R. Kelly, dog. I'm going to be honest with you. No, I agree. Like, at the same time, it's like, yeah, I believe I can fly. I believe I can fly was played at every mass graduation. It's standards. It's an American standard. Uh, Ignition Remix has been played at every dance I've probably ever I went to. I, like, I, have, I won't even fucking lie. I have seen people play that song since, by the way. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> people, there, there, there are people that are not going to stop playing it. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I get it. I get why, because it's such a like big cultural hit. But how long can you go without separating the art from the artist? Some people can do it forever. I can't. It's just cert to certain things, it's just hard to do that with. R. Sometimes, Kelly is one of those people. Just, I, think, I just I think genuinely it depends on how quality the art is. <laughs> it's terrible to say, but it's so true. It's so true, Jesus. dude. It's so true. Motherfuckers do not even fucking give a shit about Woody Allen being a fucking rapist and the fact that he married his thirteen-year-old like stepdaughter. It was, basically. Oh, you cringe. You didn't know about this. 
So Woody Allen married. Well, she wasn't 13 at the time, but yes, his she step. Was. Well, yes, at, she the, was. at the time they got married, no, they weren't. No, he was. She was 13 at the time that Woody Allen started fucking her. Yeah, we're talking about Woody yeah. Allen. <laughs> <laughs> so Straight up. he married. So he married his stepdaughter. It's complicated, but at the same time, it's like. It's, it's weird, dog. It's a he very adopted, weird fucking he line. He adopted her, her and then got into a relationship with her. Same thing that Ted Nugent did. They're not blood related, but it's still weird. And it's just like, I no. It's just, did and that it, motherfucker is missing. Did all start from Eli Musk and his father? Because, like, you know. Oh, we were you know, talking about R. Kelly. Oh. <laughs> we were talking about Sorry, yeah, I was just jumping in. It. Sorry for the audience. We're like, oh, bro. Devin's on the mic here, guys. He was like, yeah, Elon Musk's father just fathered a child from with his stepdaughter. And so, you know. Yep. That's very 100%. True. Dude, there is so. All right. So, dude, there's some shit with Ricky Martin that's popping it, off right now, too. Neil like, Rant incoming right now. Are we, are we doing this here? Are we no, doing this here in front of the people? We're doing it right now because. <laughs> are we doing this here? If you want to fucking. I mean, obviously, where our Kelly <laughs> did is a whole different level of shit. But there's motherfuckers that people adore and make biopic movies about that are fucking in that same. El- Elvis? Elvis. Elvis Presley groomed that Jerry Lee Lewis. He groomed his wife since she was 13 and fucking moved her into his place and married her when she was 13. Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis. That is a, that is some other. That's a whole level of fucked up. That was like, yeah. That was just like, okay. In the what? 50s, 60s or whatever that was. That's what they say. Ted Nugent. (laughs) Time was weird. (laughs) Ted Nugent, that same motherfucker, literally the chick that he was into. He had to adopt her and became her legal guardian and then fucking married the bitch. Like That's nasty. 13 years old. 13 years old. This is a full-grown man. <laughs> it's crazy behavior to me. So to your point earlier, are these people of trauma as well? I don't know. I don't know anything about the backstory of Ted Nugent or any of those guys. Because we could have the same empathy well, that, you were talking about for so R. Kelly you, is my so point. So when you were walking, I, didn't, I don't have empathy for R. Kelly at all. I have empathy for the situation of Wait, hold trauma up. breeding other trauma. So, like, what makes me sad about the R. Kelly situation is not that R. Kelly got busted doing these things. I'm so glad that he got busted doing these things. And I'm so glad that he's finally off the streets. Because in his own stupid brain... He doesn't even recognize these things as bad. That's like, the thing. That's what I'm talking so about. In the head. And that's but, what I'm talking about. I get it, right? But it's a product of, there's so much of this that it's a product of the same shit and repetitive cycles where trauma he was raped by trauma. his stepdad, his brother was raped by his stepdad, and that, there's yeah. so many statistics to prove that that is something that continuously goes on. Again and again and again and again. Kendrick talks about it on his last album. How like all these dudes buying Father time. chains and and flaunting their money around and flaunting as many bitches around as they can is all a projection on being it's insecurity, dog. And <laughs> it's insecurity. It's insecurity. <laughs> like that's world. what it. That's like, what it is. And I'm sorry to get super heavy on this show about that, but like. It, it makes me. It doesn't make me happy that a Robert I'm Kelly is at, getting guilty. I'm looking at this story. I just pop up on YouTube. I'm. I'm. I'm not getting to a next episode. But Ricky Martin's in some shit now, for the same, with a twenty with his 21, 21 year old nephew. Yeah. I'm not even gonna read that right now. I'll get into it next week. But fuck. <laughs> yeah. No. There's. There's like it's a perpetual like I don't. I, I think this is almost a uh, American culture thing where. 
Uh, there is a fair amount of undertone of sexualizing children within American culture, which that goes unspoken about that should it be paid more attention to and for something as notable as like all these like little girl pageant shows what was that shit on netflix the cuties what was it called like was that the scripted series or they did like a documentary they had two separate things but i can't remember the name of i forgot what yeah that was cringy just just to bring it back to music if you really want to think about it britney spears when she put out hit me baby one more time which is literally a song about getting fucked again before like you know before you part ways with a lover right she was 15 when that song came out yeah. and they had her dressed like a like a, a thank, thank a you for clearing the subtext stripper. of that up <laughs> thank yeah, you for clearing you know what i'm saying though like <laughs> you just ruined that for so many children but that's so, real not that's, children that's but so real. many like was the music children of that era that yeah no but like uh, and that sort of thing still kind of goes on even like i don't i look at someone like a full adult woman uh, Ariana Grande, but oh, then there's a, a lot of sexualizing her as if she's this little teeny bopper. Like that's a grown ass woman right there. Why are we uh, dressing her up as if she's like this little? I mean, and, gr- and it's just I, I don't know why it is that like whatever these people in the offices are kind of pushing this sort of like uh, look and the uh, the aesthetic on the artist. But like that needs to be addressed as well because this thing kind of goes from top to bottom. I'm glad you mentioned Ariana Grande. To your point, going back to Britney Spears as well. These are people. I mean, these are women that have been around since they were kids. Ariana Grande was a Nickelodeon child. Uh, Britney Spears was Mickey Mouse Club. So yeah. so was Christina yeah. Aguilera too. While we're at that note, 100%. like it's just it's. I feel like there's somebody. It's just some weird shit behind the scenes. Like, hey, let's dress these kids up and make them like sexualize. And it's just crazy to me. And it's gross. And I hate it. And there's nothing I can do about it except for bitch about it on this platform. And I that's agree. about it. And it's, and it's just un- it's sad to me. And moving forward, let's go, please. Like, can we go to, to a different to bring, topic? To, <laughs> to literally bring that back to where we fucking started this from. It was so. It started as we were like, well, we forgot about this shit on the last episode. We got to touch on it. But it was like a happier verdict that we wanted to get. We were talking to. about R. Kelly before and, we so, got into this, okay. and then went down a whole verdict, different wormhole. Right. The happier verdict is that Eric Holder, the man that shot Nipsey Hussle, yeah, was convicted of murder in the first degree and has been sentenced to a fucking. The the girl that was the getaway driver testified but, against him, right? Uh, I didn't catch yes, any of the she details did. on okay. it, but. That, that was the reason that where my headspace went into R. Kelly because the same reason I feel empathy towards that situation, I also feel empathy towards this guy that killed fucking Nipsey Hussle. And not in the fact that he's getting his justice served. Absolutely he should. But he's another person that's a product of a situation that's terrible. He was raised and brought up in violence. Like, I, I think uh, there was um, admitted like mental health issues with him uh, prior to, and like um, and admitted that like there was medication that was not taken leading up into the uh, actual murder of Nip. So yeah, it's like all that sort of stuff plays into it all because yeah, to your earlier point, there is conditioning that ends up leading people to these actions. Um, we're not absolving one for the other, but it is important to acknowledge them both. Mm-hmm. Uh, but never washing over victim's pain. Yeah. So, yeah, and, it's, it's nasty. And, and you know what's really crazy? Like, um, and there's, for me, like, so I lost a lot of friends young. Like, I had a lot of friends die in their 20s. 
And so there's something that I do now when I deal with death where I'm always trying to find a silver lining to it. And um, obviously it's terrible that Nipsey's gone, but he had such a stranglehold on the way people thought about hip-hop music and the way people reacted to hip-hop music that his passing led to a lot of silver linings, in my opinion. Like, he had Bloods, Crips, Latin Kings... All different subsectors the of police walking together <laughs> like, yeah. on a, an organized, peaceful rally on the way downtown to his funeral. Um, the way that I've seen him inspire young artists. You know how many lyrics that have been about Nipsey since he passed? Like from young, new artists that like look to him as, you know, He's that someone dude. To, to look to come from that culture and then do things differently for yourself, like to turn a negative into a positive and to sell a hundred fucking albums for was a thousand a piece or something like that. <laughs> that like a thousand dollar mixtape. And, and, and the biggest yeah. thing that really struck a chord with, for me with Nipsey besides his music is he was an advocate for being smart. He was an advocate for learning. He, he always talked about how he loved listening to audiobooks and how he loved like he, Black Sam talked at his funeral about how Nipsey Hussle figured out how to build a computer by himself when he was like 12 years old. He's like out of like scrap parts that he would find in like the junkyard and people's trash. Like, that's insane to me. It's crazy, man. Like that shit is inspiring to me, and that's the stories that need to be talked about more. So it's upsetting that this motherfucker, you know, went off the deep end, and you know he used to be an associate of Nipsey Hussle's. Yeah. Um, and went off the deep end and did this. But, like, there's so many learning tools in it, like, especially in this one for me. So, like, I was like just, like, a little note of yours backing up a little bit, just, like, making note of what he was able to do with so little means coming from the neighborhood he came from. It's like this, uh, if resources, availability to uh, higher learning, all these things were available without all the uh, nonsense around Man. it, it was like, what would that type of person be Man. capable of, right? Like, I was never that type of smart kid to be able to go build a, a Shit, computer. absolutely not, right? man. Uh, but with the littlest amount of means and uh, all the circumstances around him, like, what if you grew up in the Hamptons and what, what, what does life look like for Nip if, does he even touch a microphone or does he, like, goes into politics and actually tries to make a change on that type of front? I've, I'm not talking about Nipsey specifically. However, I will come, like, I will say, like, there are people that grew up with all the resources and don't do shit. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of that too on the flip side of that. And I just like I'm looking at it man like there is so much at your disposal and you're not taking advantage of it. And there's people I know like that too. And there's people like that's just like when I hear stories like that when Nipsey like took all the resources at 12 he could like say like scrapping it from a junkyard and making a computer. There's people that were given all these like tools and all these resources and all these actions and stuff like that, and ne never really had to work for it. And just like, oh well, I don't know what to do with this. I'm just keep doing my shit. And I'm trying to think of like that uh, Benny the Butcher line. It goes, uh, "What's more important, the flower or the soil that grows it?" Right? Because my God, bro. Th like. You that, weren't born with ambition. Who gonna blame for that? <laughs> Shout out Teddy Two Necklace. Benny is, Benny is, uh, yeah. He's an insightful gangster. Yeah, my man. lord, that man knows yeah, some shit. Yeah, man. So it's like it's fascinating that dichotomy of 
the haves and have-nots and what can be birthed from the actual uh, access or the lack thereof. Right, so I don't. It, it inspires some, and others. It can be the detriment to the actual growth of them. Yep. And Last then you could thing. also like. So I haven't watched the full interview interview yet, but I watched a few clips floating around today. Um, shout out to the legend of hip hop interviews, Angie Martinez. Mm-hmm. But she just sat down with Lauren London, um, Nipsey's widow, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. widow, and Nunu from ATL. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> um, but she basically talked about their relationship and talked about the importance of ego death in like real deep love, <laughs> and how at a certain point when you're when you're when you're caught in your ego, you're trying to change. When you when you fall out of like that immediate like big love that you guys have, like the spark like that comes with new relationships. When you fall out of that and then try to keep things going, a lot of people put it into like a person, um, like a ego thing where you um, feel ownership over a person, where you're not at that point working on yourself. You're trying to like mold this person into how you think that they should be for you because you're not actually giving a shit about them, but you're just really projecting your own bullshit onto your partner. Damn. And yeah. she was like, and trust me, like obviously you see the pictures of Nip and I on these white horses wearing yeah. these extravagant things <laughs> yeah. together. But our relationship wasn't perfect. We fucking argued with each other all the time. But we also like had respect for each other and deep, real love. And so we would let the ego go at a certain point and realize that this is like a partnership, not a me or you thing. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think that's, uh, I'm happy that she's been so willing to be so vocal about the relationship post-hominously, because there's a whole lot of people that, like, uh, young rappers we had noted before that came out and dropping uh, Nip's name and song, uh, none of them being as nearly as close as what she was with it and her being first-hand accounts. All right, you guys, here's the artist, and here's the actual individual. And I think that's important for people to uh, see, like, yeah, there's a... uh, you can't always get the whole person in all the lyrics, right? Yep. Like, right. Uh, you're going to keep something for your family, your people around you, because ultimately it's like, yeah, you can't give everything to the world. You're creating right? a persona, you know, and that's the thing about it. Like, and this is why I love wrestling so much, because it's the same. I mean, a similar thing. <laughs> you're creating a persona of like this character that you want to be. At the same time, to people that know you, you're that person. To the you know to the audience or to whatever it is, you know, you're this. You know, character you're created type deal. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent, man. Like hundred percent. Like he and I, like so. Maybe I'll give you guys a little bit of a hint of what might be coming soon. Is him and I talk about the the days of old when it comes to wrestling and how hilarious some of the shit that went on in the WWE were. Ooh, this is a so, good so segue. We, we might be giving you guys a little bit of a, a taste uh, of what's to come. We're gonna do one of these special episodes. I hope, I hope you're I hope you're ready for a wrestling pod. Man, was like I watched it growing up, but like I, Same. I, I, I don't watch I, it anymore. He does. Religiously, one of my good buddies, he still watches. He still will throw uh, periodically uh, pay per view parties for WWE. Wait, here? No, no. Oh, I'm about <laughs> to say the <laughs> fuck. <laughs> no, he does it at the crib, but like uh, by all means, I'll get. I'll shoot you the invite next all time right. you have one because this is a good time. But like, I uh, his remembrance and recollection of all of the. Uh, 
90s or even like uh, the 80s stuff like he like recalls it so well where like I watched it but like I never retained it the same way he did realizing that like my passion for it wasn't as like there's levels to this right like you know he went to events as a kid I was like no I never had the desire to in fact like sometimes I was like even embarrassed to like uh, <laughs> make it known to some of my friends like yeah oh, yeah look mankind that's my guy <laughs> right hell so, yeah man <laughs> but uh yeah, so I'll be curious to see what you guys got coming up for That's this. That's what he does to me, bro. He's always hitting me with these nostalgia bombs. Like, <laughs> he'll he'll send me a clip of something that, like, holy shit, I remember watching that when it was, like, yeah, I mean, if thing. you, like, I literally have From a format. The Mankind <laughs> Undertaker clip. Oh, my God, I literally God, have a formula bro. to my Instagram now. Self, I literally post podcast stuff, music stuff, wrestling stuff, memes. That's it. <laughs> Find your niche and drive it home, baby. That's literally all I do. <laughs> well, anyways, yeah. in, in the four, in the process of moving this thing along, because we got to wrap this up a little bit sooner than yeah. the last time we were here, we do got to get moved in on to our something old, something new segment, oh, yeah, which yeah. will wrap out this podcast. Um, uh, y'all want a drink? Uh, oh, I would love another one. Yeah, of those, man. Um, what was the one that I like? The cheesecake the one. Cheesecake, cheesecake one, was solid, yeah. dude. That Oreos was great. Yeah. I gotta try. I gotta switch it up a little bit though. Okay. You know? uh, that that like uh, we blew, we blew out of the uh, Fago one. Uh, okay. That was good. Uh, and then like uh, the Shawnee cakes is the other one, which Shawnee. is uh, blackberry. <laughs> you don't like the maple, right? Shiny cakes was solid. Okay. Yeah, shiny cakes was solid. I'll do the cheesecake one. The cheesecake, all right, bet. Yeah. You know what? I'm. You know I'm gonna go shiny cakes actually. Shiny cakes? Yeah. Right, I got you. So transition and thanks, Devin, man. Devin, we appreciate, appreciate you, you dog. Coming on, dude. Yeah. It's so fun getting you. Absolutely, bro. So, what you didn't hear on our last podcast that got lost is the continuation into punk rock music for me for something old, something new. And I'm almost, <laughs> this has been about like, what, three months of doing this shit? It was I'm supposed to done. be April. Yeah, it yeah. was supposed to I'm, be just April. I just, and he's still I here. Really, <laughs> just, I just had too much fun doing it. I love I it. I wanted to continue in. And so I maybe have like two or three weeks left in this. Because I'm going to take you to about the 90s punk pop era of music. And then cut it quits there. And then dive into a different genre. But... I did want to get back into um, what what we told you on episode 127 that didn't really happen was the appearance of hardcore music in punk rock, which was kind of a new thing in the late 70s, early 80s. So after, you know, Sex Pistols and the clash of the last episode that I told you guys about, American hardcore and British punk shit started to really kind of become a thing. And you had the Misfits and Black Flag. And then what the one that I'm going to talk about today is Bad Brains. And the reason hey. I'm talking about Bad Brains is they were the very first all-black punk rock band. And by accounts of everyone that I watched on the documentary that I saw and everything that I've read on the internet, everyone said Bad Brains changed the fucking game when it came to punk rock music. Because they were playing faster, they were doing shit more hardcore, more musically driven, and shit that people just really resonated to. Like, Flea from the Chili Peppers talks about how he thought a lot of rock music was bullshit when he was coming up. He was like, I was, I was raised in jazz music, so I thought rock music was for people that were slower in the brain. He was like, I thought people that listened to rock music were just dumb, if I'm being perfectly honest. 
And he's like, then I listened to the Bad Brains. And I was like, oh, shit. I think I like punk rock music now. <laughs> and so Fleet credits them to doing it. I'm going to play you guys a little bit of it so you can hear what I'm talking about. And if you've been listening to our show over the last few weeks, you'll hear the difference in how it sounds. Because the punk rock music of the early times was relatively slow. It was not as fast picking as the shit that we're about to play you. Pull up this Bad Brains. They're from D.C., so I might play you Band in D.C. Let me, you know what? Let's do that. I'm going to play you guys a little bit of Band in D.C. Off of Bad Brains solo uh, album that I think came out in 1979, maybe 1980. But here's a little bit of that for you guys. Funny part is, Bad Brains started out as like a jazz fusion band called Mind Power. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they switched their fucking whole style to making the shit that we were just listening to there. But uh, I think the funniest thing and one of my biggest takeaways about learning about punk rock music is how quickly these humans that made it got over that sound as they got a little bit older. It's such a young person's game like so many of these bands that were so widely and hugely influential in the punk rock scene only existed for a few years most of them were bigger before they even had studio albums recorded so it was more of like a live music youth movement um when it was first coming out I, a lot of it didn't translate to you know studio albums um, and a lot of them credited the studio albums for being like the death of what they wanted to do. And as far as like the Bad Brains, I saw interviews with members of Bad Brains um, more recently. So, you know, these guys are older now and they were like, oh yeah, we were off of that shit by our mid twenties. We were already tired of it, already switching into making like reggae music and shit that we could experiment with more and do more. That was a little bit more musically driven. So. I get it, man. I get it. Because when I was into punk rock music the most, I was a very young person. I was in my teenage years. So I get that shit. But anyways, that's my something old. E-Man, what you got, baby? All right. So my something old on the Lost episode, I'm going to just throw it out there because I'm not going to talk about it right now. But it was uh, the United States of Atlanta by the Yin Yang Twins, (laughs) which was a great project, by the way, for the first eight songs. And it was honestly like just for the fact that Yin Yang Twins were making conscious albums at that particular. It was like half of it was conscious and the other half of it was exactly what you would expect from a Yin Yang Twins album. It's a lot of like ATL club rap. But the first seven, especially that Anthony Hamilton track was solid. But 
I'm actually keeping it in the spirit of Neil's for the first time. I'm going to go, I'm going to keep it in like pop punk or post punk, I should say. Neil getting excited because he's looking at my screen right now. I'm going to go uh, Shozy and the Banshees. And the reason I'm going to go this like route, right? Uh, I started watching Umbrella Academy recently. Uh, new season's out on Netflix. Shout out to uh, Gerard Way of uh, My Chemical Romance who wrote the comic book and the show. Or I don't think he wrote, did the show, but. No, he did. It, no, he did the comic book. I don't think he did the oh, show. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, Shoji and the Banshees, if you guys are familiar Susie. with. Shoot. I thought it was Sho- It's just Susie. I thought it was Shoji. It's just a weird spelling of Susie. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So, anyway, they are responsible for a lot of, like, the gothic movement, especially because they were from London, right? Like, in the, six, I believe, like, yeah. 70s era. A lot of the post-punk era. A lot of London. A lot of, like, uh, that whole gothic, like, scene. That was really spawned from them, and they kind of were like one of the front runners for like alternative rock in that way. 100%. In fact, they had uh, Sid Vicious at one point on their in their band, correct? Yeah, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so. He uh, originally before tire. he got into the Sex Pistols, he was playing bass for Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. So what actually got me down this wormhole was going back to what I was talking about with Umbrella Academy. They actually have a song called Happy House that I didn't realize was the weekend sample. For House oh, of Balloons, shit. I did not I didn't even know realize that, that. I didn't realize that until I listened to it in Umbrella Academy. I'm like, wait a minute, I've heard <laughs> this before. <laughs> and then it sent me down a wormhole. And I actually, I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't listen to like an individual album. They do have 11 albums out. I just oh, want to yeah. throw it out there. They put out a lot of music. I believe 30 singles. Uh, their guitarist uh, John Mc- Miguel, Miguel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was credited as one of the greatest guitarists of all time by a few magazines, actually. I was reading there. I was doing a little bit of research on them earlier. However, uh, I was listening to the Best Of album because I kind of wanted like, a little glimpse into what they were and who they were. Because I, I was just really digging the sound. And then I listened to Happy House. I'm like, The Weeknd definitely sampled this shit, dog. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah man. So... Without further ado, Spellbound, I believe, was one of their biggest albums, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yeah, and another cool thing about Susie and the Banshees is, like, they inspired a lot of, like, at least for me, um, they inspired a lot of the music that I love. Like, that was coming around at the same time as, like, Joy Division, and then also um, John Frusciante, who is the, the guitar player from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, has been on record multiple times saying that like that Susie and the Banshees is one of his biggest influences. He's gone on to work with them um, and do like solo stuff beyond that. So yeah, I, I fuck with it as well. I'm gonna say it. Depeche Mode, Radiohead, a lot of people are citing them as like influence. So Big time radio makes sense. Uh, we gotta play Happy House, right? So they can hear the. I was gonna samples. go a different song, but yeah, we play a little bit of that and then right, something we'll, different. We'll do All right. Here's a little bit of Happy House. Out of Just Susie so you can hear the sample. Maybe. There we go. Wow, so, it's so immediate. <laughs> Crazy. I did not pick that up.
And obviously you recognize that part too, right? That's a very popular shit. It's so 80s sounding. Shout out to my boy Catman too. Catman's the one that put me on to Susie and the Banshees. As long as a lot of other shit. Depeche Mode and all that good shit too. Um, but yeah. Moving on into something new. So this was also from last week for me. Um, you know, I talked about a lot on the podcast about how much love and praise I have for Kendrick Lamar and the fact that he's talking about shit that's not necessarily popularized in, in hip-hop music. You know, he's talking about doing therapy and, and admitting your wrongs and, and all that kind of shit. And that's, and that's part of the reason why I love West Side Boogie so much. West Side Boogie, aside from Kendrick's uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, was the album that I was anticipating the most. Because, um, like Kendrick, his album had, his last album had been out for a while. I think, um, what year did um, Everything's For Sale come out? 2017, 2018? Something around there, yeah. So, around the same time as Damn came out for Kendrick. And, you know, these guys are both dudes that grew up in the same neighborhood together. Um, obviously, West Side Boogie is a lot more influenced than Kendrick because Kendrick came out before him. But um, he he said in an interview that the the topic matter was just coincidence. He was like, "Bro, I heard Kendrick's album when it came out, and I was like, Jesus Christ, it's a lot of shit that I'm talking about. <laughs> Fuck, goddamn it! That's how you know you're on the right like wave, though. I would say. <laughs> yeah. So I, just like Kendrick, like so, well, I guess a little bit different. Kendrick was. A product of his neighborhood he mostly instead of getting involved in the product of his neighborhood decided to write about the product of his neighborhood. shot the ice cube straight up shout out to a lot of artists but that was like the most notable one I've noticed that done that DJ yeah. quick did you yeah um, but just like Kendrick um, boogies music is definitely influenced by blood uh, gang life but it's not a glorification black trauma Essentially black trauma. But to me, like, these artists do it in a way that's special. Kendrick's, the the, the West Side Boogies, the J-Rocks, the Schoolboy Q's. Vince Staples. The Vince Staples, where they're, they're not trying to make you feel like you want to be part of that gang. They, they're telling you what their specific upbringing around that was and how that infected their, uh, affected their life as adults now going forward that are now removed from that life but still have you know friends and ties to that and so i think that shit is really moving to me i just love hearing like a great a really well-written story and i i feel like west side boogie knocked it out of the park with this album um it's called no more or it's called more black superheroes um and uh, the the story of him, the album cover is pretty funny. I'm all in an orange podcast. Oh, yeah. He's like, I got this little fucking. <laughs> I really wish I put <laughs> the kids meet on my back. I really wish I put the photo out of me, you, and Eric over uh, <laughs> Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Yeah. I really wish I put that out. That would have been hilarious, but you would have had to put me and Eric in No, 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 no. <laughs> That's the reason I didn't do it. I just didn't feel right putting your faces over a black woman and child. <laughs> and, and, Eric, and the one that you had Eric's face on, he would have been breastfeeding another child. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, we love you. We just love that. <laughs> you have a strange way of showing Oh, it. man. <laughs> but anyways... So, 
Without further ado, I want to play you guys a little bit of Westside Boogie. So one of the things that I think is really cool about Westside Boogie is he's developed three different characters. There's Ratchet Boog. There's um, I, think, I can't remember the names of all of them that he developed. The Ratchet Boog one though is the one that's in, in on my mind right now because he made a song. It's actually just an interlude, and it's called Ratchet Boog: The Interlude. And he really is rapping on here. So I'm gonna play you guys that. Here's a little bit of this from his new album called More Black Superheroes. You are so fucking toxic. I'm so tired of your bullshit. Shout out to rappers with a lisp, by the way. All of my favorite rappers have lisps. MF Doom. Fucking Method Man. Fucking Westside Boogie. What's the you want me to do? Outside with the thirst in my eyes, with my shirts oversized, so my homie don't show. Going through a lot, but I kept it inside. You could blame that on pride, so my homies don't know. Knowing in my mind when it's all on the line, I could call it goodbye, and my shorty gon' go. Oh, shit. Man, fuck that bitch. Cheer, cheer, cheer. Oh, man, uh, True story. Move forward, not a boy on your move board. New whore, all this yours gon' be too short. Took a tour of the hood, it's a new war. I shit like. Shit, I had to know when it cracks that my humbleness was holding me back. All they did was put me in a mold that I black. That's the only way a nigga know the glow where I'm at. Told you I land in a minute, you better come get me. You love me, I know that you got me. Told you I'm back in your city to tap and it hit me. You better not be fucking nobody. No, I ain't chasing you, bitch. Now why I lie like I'm cutting you off when you know you my favorite little bitch. Look what I made of this shit. No, I hated this shit, so I'm saying that. I was outside with the thirst in my eyes when my shirt's oversized. So my heart ah. Love it. E-Man, what you got for us tonight, baby? You know what? I'm going to kick it. Uh, so there's an artist that I never really heard of before, but in the spirit of artists I never heard of before, I liked picking it by the album cover. And there was I listened to this album, right? And off rip, I didn't think this album came out this year. I really thought it came out in the 90s. I actually just looked up what this guy looks like, and it's a white dude, and I'm actually really fucking shocked because it's actually really dope. I'm going to go with this artist I never heard of called Sim, uh, Stimulate, was it Stimulator Jones. And the album is called Round Spiritual Ring. I can tell you right off the rip that I like him a lot based on the title picture because he has a 90s style Charlotte Hornets hat on. And this is and a very... Charlotte Hornets was my favorite this is a very 90s, 90s. This is a very 90s sounding R&B album as well. And this is like... It was insane for me, especially after. So I listened to the Brit Fias album, and then I listened to this one, and it's like night and day. And it's just, just like, of the, both, mind you, Brit Fias album is, is great too in his own respect. It's just like the actual content of it is night and day. Uh, this album, I was super shocked by, man. I was not expecting what I heard. It's just like a, such a groove. It's just such like, man, it, it just, it's just a really really well put together like soulful album it's white soul let's put it that way it's very put together i like that man. i love white I like soul that. but shout out the i love soul this general. guy and then shout out the 90s charlotte hornets alonzo morning <laughs> fucking larry johnson fucking mugsy bogues all them dudes they're my squad anyways what should i play off here e? yep oh let's play uh sherbert sky Shout out Sherbert ice cream, by the way. I could eat that shit all day. <laughs> that orange Sherbert? Oh, bro. Sherbert, my nerves hurt. Lately, I'm on edge. Grab vanilla ice and her daughter's blonde dress. Yep. 
already love this kind of vibe. Mm. I really hope he gets bigger, cause I really enjoy. I really enjoy this album straight through. for a minute i'm like oh we're like two minutes in also want to shout out the my guys the viagra boys dropped a new album as well i like it it's not going to be for everybody i would say because it's very it's very self it's a very self-aware album let's put it that way there's a lot of topics from the past couple years i would say in a way like i remember i think creepy crawlers was a big one and it's just like talking about how there's it's just, it's just like all the conspiracy theories about the vaccine, like crumbling into one song, and it's just, it's crazy to me. But uh, shout, out to, shout out to Viagra Boys. It's a really, really dope album. I agree. I, I've only heard a couple of the songs on it, but I agree with you, man. It's definitely not um, everyone's cup of tea, but I definitely get the allure behind it. Yeah. And it, if you're into the punk rock scene, you will enjoy that as yeah. well. Um, but think- yeah, man, I think... As far as new music goes, we're gonna we have another episode coming on you on Sunday, so we are gonna save a lot of that. Yeah, I gotta. I'm definitely going to go into Lizzo as soon as I hear. I haven't heard Lizzo yet, and I'm gonna hear it. Uh, I haven't heard. Oh yeah, West Side Gun and Stove God put out an album. I missed that one. I haven't checked that one out yet either. Wait, West Side and Stove Gun put out one together. Yeah. Wow, I did not know that. Um, I love the fact that the Griselda boys are getting fucking put up anyway. Oh, that's another one. Lloyd Banks. They're on all over that thing. The, uh, oh, of course they are. Both um, Conway and Benny the Butcher are on the new Lloyd Banks. That will be my something new for sure on Sunday's episode because that shit is amazing. Sunday for Wednesday. And then what's uh, when's today going out? We got we got back to back episodes, guys. So we're trying to catch up to uh, the we're ones. We're trying to get this one out as quick as possible yeah. because we haven't had an episode out in a minute. But you know, without further ado, we got to get out of here because this bar's about to close. Yeah, we want to play you our boy that has been making music and been on the show a few times, and it's Deontay Visible. It's a song he's featured Shout on. Shout to the boy Yaga. Busy. Yep, there's a song called Junior. Peace. Peace. Once again, thanks Arctic Circle Brewing Company.
so many sprites Eyes are red to glitchy the post Remember back in the day when villains appeared to be ghosts With hours racing down the drain of power spawning the thrust Invigorated drapes another year of oh, trudging and just Fulfilling dreams oh, we never yeah. knew we dreamt parading is dust An 8-bit remains favorite now it's raising yeah. fuss Trust a level head treble mad face in the stone She blew a speaker eager beaver leave her weeping at home Ohms mismatch, dash, boss, jarring in him Incongruous, the effervescent beverage straight in its mint Brew truth, confused muse, intolerant waves Loose tooth, aloof boost, a moderate rage Can't man spam, has a prodigy to abstain A fan stands back, this could be the drugs, but I can't Imagine better days, falling phase, numb at his core A hollow, unsubstantial feeling, buried deep in his lore A door materializes, empathizes, tossing his meds It won't eliminate the fear and hate of in his head, establish hope, a potent glimmer shows it's only a scotch. A recipe you turn this life around, abandon the dope. Dog stolen socks with a hole ripped in the bottom. Uncomfortable lob that pops, stops controllable shot. Them rock stone hinges, the frigid and dismissive. Beautiful misses, pigeons made of clay today. We slay the dishes, shortened in the way we deal. Toss the way we feel, liquor makes the sick and kill. Living in the biggest meal, working till the fella breaks. Morgan's how the teller fakes. Life is just another game. Don't Never been involved with villainous composite false prophet of Oxanar, Gar, Scar, Art, Carnage, I'm guitar, no joke, home stroke, visual mosaic, make it free, life strike, don't phase. So vaguous, erroneous, sympathetic effect. I swear the prey became the predator, it's stalked to the death. The head check, make fates waste, so mysterious. Turn the channel to another station in a stationary setting. Flip through my life on occasion, I take it the fuck is the accomplishments. 